everybody. Welcome back to 30-something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters, reinventions, career pivots, life changes, whatever you want to call it, um, those big breaks in life that happen that we need to adjust to. I have interviewed so many people who have done amazing things with their second or third or fourth chapters, and today's episode is no different. Majesta Patterson is a business coach, a business mentor, and the host of the podcast Real Talk with Biz Moms. Her work online and on her podcast pretty much centers around helping women build their own empires, their own companies. Um, As head of the Biz Moms Collective, she believes that entrepreneurship and motherhood do not have to be so isolating. Majesta actually started as a wedding photographer, but now she brings the lessons she learned in starting and growing her business to the women that she now mentors with the goal in mind that through connection, we can create so much more. So we go into a lot of topics that are both business and sort of personal here. We talk about how to bring your vision to life, how to make money from it, the tricky balance, although we know that I hate that word, (laughs) between maintaining a dream or a career and raising a family. Um, Is there such thing as a balance? How to build your brand, the importance of having a sounding board. We talk about why it's important to follow people outside of your industry and the big lessons we can learn from expanding our um, our mindsets. So Majesta is just a wealth of information when it comes to launching your thing. And listen, I know there are a lot of people out there, especially with the extra time we have on our hands these days, who are finally starting to manifest their dreams or to work towards something that's been on the back burner for a while. So I know you guys who are doing that are going to take so much from this episode. Sometimes all we need is just a little push to get us started in the right direction. So Majesta is here to offer that to you today and so much more. And just because I like to use these little intros as an opportunity to check in, see how my fellow sisters are doing out there, um, I just have to say that I was operating under the assumption for the past month that school for us was over in a week. And as it turns out, it is not. It's almost a month from now. So I have been... (laughs) I've been in a bit of a spiral over here. We had a we had a hard day yesterday. Um, I know my fellow parents out there who are homeschooling right now can identify with the frustration that can build when you're trying to get your kid to work from home and be productive and do meaningful work and is freaking hard. So um, I am just here to say I see you. It's not easy for anyone, and I promise the person that you are watch like watching bake sourdough bread. On Instagram, they have their hard days too. I mean, there's there's really two distinct categories of people that have come out of this lockdown or quarantine. And that is people who have gotten better than ever at building up their veneer of perfection. And there's people who uh, steadily break down in real time on social media. And I am part of the latter category. It's just a circus over here. And I just don't have the energy to hide it. All right. But anyway, um, of course, a big, huge, grateful shout out to the doctors, the nurses, everybody who's keeping our world turning right now, even though this has become the new normal in so many ways. Just want to take a moment and say, we appreciate you and the work you're doing and we love you. Anyhow, let's get into the interview. Majesta Patterson, you guys are going to love this one. And as always, I will be back on the flip side to tell you where to get more from her. Enjoy. 
I always do that. I always like have such great conversations before and after I hit record or stop recording and like, dang it. (laughs) But yeah, it's been, it's been dicey over here. Um, you're in Florida, right? We're in Florida and it's, um, it's good. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's good in as much as we can get outside and enjoy the weather and we can swim and we have things to distract ourselves. But I don't know if my kids are like feeling something is different, but it's just like a lot of anxiety or something. It's just, it's just really, I I feel stupid saying it because it's like, oh, if you can't take care of your own kids, who can you take care of? But they were just, it's difficult. It's difficult to be locked in, you know? Well, and I think that's, I mean, it's good conversation to record and to have because I don't think a lot of people are normalizing that conversation enough that it's, you know, I, I just sent a text to this group of business women that uh, we, we masterminded together all of 2019. And, um, we recently got back on a Voxer and I was like, I'm really struggling. I'm like, and I feel bad for saying it, but like, I'm not okay. Like this is like, I am, I'm struggling. I'm crying every day. I don't know how to handle this. I'm realizing how much I do value my independence. And then I feel like a shitty mom for saying that. And then I see shit on Instagram. That's like, you should just be so grateful that we're all alive and we can take care of our kids. It's like, I am. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for our home. I'm grateful. We have a backyard. I'm grateful that the sun is shining outside. Like I'm so grateful for those things. But as a human being, like on a different level, I am not used to this Mm -hmm. and it's hard. I've got two toddlers. Yeah. How old are your kids right now? Two and four. I mean, and, and I try to like, I agree with you. I I got on Instagram today and I did like a little while. I I just call it quarantine, Sunny. She's coming. I'm I'm really judgy and snappy, but I think it's like an audio board and all of my levels are up. I'm feeding people. I'm educating people. I'm cleaning the house. I did sheets. I, I, you know, I did floors. I, I, and, and, and then I have to entertain them. And then today I, I feel so horrible, but I was like, don't talk to me. And don't come near me for five minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a horrible mother. No, I did it last night. I sat in this chair right behind me. My husband was FaceTiming his family. And I was like, my two-year-old came up to me and I'm like, no, go to your dad. I need 20 minutes before we enter bedtime routine. Cause it was like, we had just finished dinner. Like we were, had a little bit of downtime before we start the bedtime routine. And I'm like, I snapped. Yeah. (laughs) My mother-in-law was on the phone and I was like, sorry, don't care. Like, leave me alone. If he has time to talk to his mom, he has time to take care of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, alone for a second. Yeah. And you know, we still, we do have to get past that whole idea of worrying about overloading our husbands. And we're obviously like, you know, I, I'm married to a man. I know there are people in same sex relationships and the dynamic may be different, but like with Mm -hmm. a man, sometimes I feel like, okay, well, moms always do things a little better. So let me just do it. And let me just take that on. And let me just, let me just, let me just until let me just is like 18 to do's long. And then I lose my shit. (laughs) And then I'm like, I need to just, um, be better with being like, okay, you can do this. And it may not turn out the same way that I prefer, but I need to just let it go. It's really, it's hard to do that though, because I fancy myself a bit of a control freak. And I always think I do a better job than him. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's just like natural traits of a woman, like, I, it, you know, and, and, and a mother of a household, like you run the ship, right? Like there's a lot of things that we do that our husbands don't. 
I will say I have a very involved, supportive partner. He is 50-50 parenting. Like he's doing dishes and making dinner just alongside me, which is great. But like, like I just said, like mm-hmm. I, I will usually run the ship, run the schedule, mm-hmm. figure out what needs to happen and he executes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so giving him part of the decision-making and just saying, I don't care. Like, you know, just go do something like take right. them and, and also communicating my needs. I think that's been the hardest learning lesson of this, this entire process is communicating that like, I need, I need time for myself. And, and, and I haven't been communicating that cause I didn't really know that I needed it, I guess, or I, or I didn't know how to get it. But last night he just, he didn't even say anything. I just said I was going to go into the bedroom and put on a show and fold some laundry and then read a book. And he just stayed out on the couch and like, let me have my time. And like 30 minutes into it, I was like, is he coming? Like what? And then I realized he was letting me have some space. And I texted him like an hour later. I was like, I don't know if you meant to do that, but thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel so much better just having an hour of my own, like allowing just my own feelings and my own thoughts to marinate instead of having to worry about something else right? or talking to someone or responding to someone or whatever. So, um, I think that's, whereas normally I would have gone out for a glass of wine with friends or whatever and have alone time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a great partner too. I feel like I just totally, I did not intend crap all over. He is, he's doing so much. It's just, there is so much to do. Um, this all kind of circles back. I wanted so much to, to focus in this conversation about what you're doing for women and how you're helping women to sort of do what we're talking about right now, which is like take charge of owning and and even monetizing a business in their life to give them more freedom. It feels even more appropriate now because so many of us are currently, at home. And so I want to kind of walk it back and have you tell everybody, I introduced you, I did the intro already. I gave your official title, but to tell us what exactly it is you do with and for women, because I feel like so many people could benefit from this conversation right now. So just kind of introduce us to yourself. Yeah. So I am Majesta. You've probably already said that. I have been a wedding and portrait photographer for the past nine years. And in the past year have developed a curriculum and launching a membership early this year. Supposed to happen already. Didn't happen. A membership for mom entrepreneurs. Biz moms is what I'm calling them. And uh, really to support them in in growing their business to create that freedom and flexibility that they want for their lives. So business mentorship and a lot of mindset work. Um, I think we underestimate the value of taking care of our minds and our inner wellness uh, and how that translates into not only just our physical but our businesses and our mother, like how we mother and, uh, and therefore our children. So, uh, bringing a community of like-minded women together greatly impacted my life in 2019. And I want to be able to give that to more moms because it is not easy being a mom and it's Mm -hmm. not easy being a business owner. They're both very challenging and can be very isolating, uh, and, and unique, struggles for everyone and you combine the two and I I do really feel like they are they are exponentially harder together. Oh yeah, it's it's not like 2 plus 2 equals 4, it's like 2 plus 2 yeah. equals a million when you when you do those two jobs. Um yeah. I I want to know how you personally were able to 
start a business and make it successful financially. I think there are a lot of women um, who are in the position of entrepreneurship who are ready to take the the leap in as much as they understand what it is they want, what service they want to provide, what good they want to produce. But they're, they're, they, we kind of, and I'm speaking for myself, kind of lose steam on that, how to make money off of it part. Tell us where you started and where you got to and what you take as far as a lesson out of that experience to then pass on to people you're working with. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a, a lot of, a lot of strategy and a lot of, um, you know, figuring out who your people are and like who you are uh, serving and helping and putting yourselves in their shoes. And a lot of the time, I think women, their ideal clients tend to be them at certain points in their, in their lives, whether it's you're a weight loss coach or you're a nutritionist or what, I don't know why I'm leading with those, but uh, you know, you, you tend to, I know when I started my photography business, I was a young woman who had a longtime boyfriend who wanted to get married. And so I very easily identified with that person. And then as I became a mom, I very easily identified with my family clients. And now as a mom and a business owner, I, I can feel and empathize. I am my ideal client. And so I think it's really just sitting in, in, in those shoes. And um, yeah, there's so much that goes into it. And in, and each strategy business plan is so unique to the person. So when I first started my journey in the online business, I thought I wanted to create an online course and give people this roadmap to success. And what I quickly realized is like, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist for everyone. Like it, your, you being a mom and an entrepreneur doesn't mean that my business plan and strategy is what you need. You need your own unique action plan because your life looks totally different than mine. And so, um, I really think it's, it's so much analyzing what your goals are, how it fits in your life and, and being realistic about how much and what, how far you can take it. Um, go ahead. And so when you work with someone, um, because I, I love the idea. I agree with you that everybody's um, situations look different. We're all launching our ideas and businesses from different yeah. starting points. And I think that's a really a keen observation. Sometimes it can be difficult to uh, work with a coach when you get sort of a template. So mm-hmm. if someone is working with you, tell us what it is that they get and, and how it's different from that sort of one size fits all approach that I think so many of us have seen now for years. Yeah. So it starts out with just mapping out what your big plans are and starting from your big picture vision and like being able to draw out the specific actions that need to come from that 10 year to that three year to that one year and figuring out what that minimum viable product is that you can, you can start out with. So many of us envision when we we start out with our goals, we start out with this big picture of like, I want to make a million dollars and have a thousand people go through my course and X, Y, Z. Okay. But it doesn't start out like that. You know, Jenna could, and and I think Jenna Kutcher is great, but it was a process that got her there. She started out with a couple people, but when we see the marketing over and over that you can make a million dollars too, and you can, you know, be a seven figure entrepreneur. Yes, you can, but you have to also be realistic. It's like this honeymoon phase of having a dream and a big goal, right? It's like you, you almost fall into infatuation Mm -hmm. of like, I could do this. I could do this big thing. 
And then you kind of get in the weeds and you're like, yeah, but how do I get there? And blah, blah, blah. and you don't ever take the time to really go back and narrow down exactly where you need to start and let, what the realities are of it. And so doing your research and being able to talk to people who are in those fields and, and even yourself sitting in the position of like, if I had a hundred people sign up for my membership tomorrow, would I be prepared for that? No, I'd probably not be. So really dialing back and seeing how you can serve people with a minimum viable product and then building on it because it evolves. Mm -hmm. I thought my course was the end all be all. I put so much effort into that and I had people go through it and I realized how much was actually missing and how much I need, how much more I wanted to give to people. And so I decided to transition to this membership model because I realized that community was lacking mm -hmm. and really being able to have the sounding board of other like-minded women was lacking. And so, uh, being able to, you know, provide that for people, I think will be really transformative. I know it was for me, um, just to know that other like-minded working moms were, you know, alongside me and experiencing the same thing. And they also have unique perspectives and their own experiences that you can draw upon. And so that's, what's really, um, interesting and, and fascinating. And what I would, I would encourage everyone to do is follow people outside of your own industry mm -hmm. because you can learn so much and be so much more innovative when you're influenced by people outside of what you're doing, like following, you know, 3000 other photographers is not going to make you a better photographer. Mm -hmm. But following, yeah, I, that's true. I, I, I like that even as a writer or a blogger or a content creator, sometimes in fact, I think it puts you in a negative headspace because it's, it's constricting. It's telling you what you're not, how you're not succeeding rather than expanding your mindset, looking outside of what it is or who you are to help you find new ways to connect with your audience. I love that idea. And I think that we could all kind of be served by taking that like sort of wider angle approach to things. Yeah. I have to ask you this too. We're going to come out of this um, whole, um, you know, lockdown, self quarantine, this issue with coronavirus, to a completely different economy, where um, I'm curious to see if more people will be willing to take the leap into entrepreneurship and small business ownership, or if they will be less likely. Um, I want to know your prediction there, and do you think now is the right time for people if they have been sitting on an idea for a while to up and start it? Yeah. I, it's so hard to say, right? Like no one really knows what's going to happen. The one thing that I think has been giving me the most anxiety out of this whole thing is what does it mean for our jobs? What does it mean for how people are buying? What does it mean for my friends and their mortgages? You know, in my mortgage, like how did, what is it, what does it mean? What, how is it going to impact us? And <clears throat> keeping the faith of that it will all work out has been helpful to me, but there have been times that I really struggled with that. Um, I, I mean, Personally, I think the economy is probably going to dip. I don't know how it, it couldn't. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some industries are obviously going to do well, but others are are going to be impacted for sure. I think real estate is one of them. Um, I, I, yeah, I think people are going to move more online. I think this movement of online businesses has been already. There's been a like an you know a surge of it in the past five years. Um, but I think that we're going to see more of it, especially as educators, like our actual teachers are moving online to be able mm -hmm. to help their students right now. Um, yeah. I love that. Let's talk further about that because you, you probably see trends and are able to better sort of predict what might happen. Of course, no one has the crystal ball, but, um, I 
people have questioned for a long time whether it's possible to make a living from doing things online only. What you just brought up, I think, is a great example. People educating. I mean, our teachers are now required to be online to even connect with their students. So um, it seems like maybe this is opening people's eyes to the opportunities of what you can accomplish when you work from home, um, which I'm sure you've seen with your clients for quite some time. I'm guessing that a lot of them, like you said, a lot of them are women. A lot of them have families and um, they've always sort of like understood that juggle and how to do it from home. But now seems like the time where a lot of people are going to be experiencing that firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. And to go back to your other question, I think that, I I think that it's going to be I don't know if people are going to be moving online right now either, like, or, or working on their businesses right now, because like we talked about at the beginning of this recording, uh, it's hard. (laughs) We're surviving. Yeah. I'm having trouble like running my business right now with the kids home because I'm, I, I'm the primary caretaker right now. Like not normally we've got daycare and school that the kids are normally at. And right now, like I'm the one that's school and daycare. So I think that, especially for moms, if we're talking about moms specifically, they're going to, it's going to be a struggle. Like, and then figuring out how with them at the end of this, you know, in three to six months, hopefully, uh, when this kind of calms down and we come out of it, we'll have a chance to really act upon those dreams. And I, but I definitely think there's things that people could be doing now um, if they have the energy it's, I think it's totally a personal, you know, it's a personal, uh, journey as far as whether you act on it now or later, it just depends on your capacity and how much, how much room and energy you have. So what are some small things? Because, um, you're right. We all usually start big with a big dream or idea, but if people can maybe practically hack away at one of these, you know, a little to-do list of things, Mm -hmm. steps to take to kind of keep them moving in that direction. What are some things that you think people can start doing? Yeah. Building an audience. People are online. I just was listening to a video that Facebook reported that, I mean, I didn't research that. I just heard it word of mouth, um, from another influencers, but okay. If it's not 72%, maybe it's half 35%. That's still a huge Mm -hmm. increase of activity online. So, um, start on your own Facebook feed. Like don't even bother with starting a new Instagram account or a Facebook page. Like just start with your personal network. It's the easiest and fastest way to grow a business is to use the people that are already in your network. Like you don't, your network of people are there to support and, and love you. And if they want to be a part of it, they'll make that choice. And so if you're right now, if you can, if you have something that's going to help people start talking about it, Mm -hmm. give them tips on how to take care of their children when they're when they're bored, you know, or activities for toddlers or games they can play outside or meals that they can make or, you know, um, give people small things that they can be doing now and build that audience and that trust and, uh, start, start placing yourself as an expert and an authority in your industry or the industry you desire to enter into. I love that idea. I think people get caught up, especially when it comes to social media on needing to be, somewhere before they show up or feel like they are something or someone before they show up. But you're right. When you just kind of get in there and start, it seems like the only way, but it, it can feel overwhelming though, especially for someone I've heard this so often. And I've, I've felt this at times, you know, my, my following isn't big enough or my, um, you know, general numbers, you know, aren't, aren't big enough to 
sell anything or to talk about anything, but it's kind of like a self-defeating mantra when you repeat that to yourself. So how do you encourage people to get past that and just get going? Yeah. So it's imposter syndrome that you're not worthy, that you don't have anything of value to bring to people, that people are going to judge you, um, especially with social media these days. I don't think that 10 years ago we had as much of it, but now it seems to be uh, something people battle with pretty regularly. Um, I want you to try to imagine your thousand followers, 2000, I have 3,700 followers. Like imagine them coming to your wedding or, or coming to a speech or coming to your house party, you know, there, that's a lot of people. Uh, it's a lot of people to, uh, entertain and talk to. And so if you can speak to 30 of those people, that could be a really big impact. And those people, if you speak so clearly and, uh, and, and can be of service to those, let's just say 30 people, those people can't help themselves, but talk about it to their to their people and their personal networks. And then you see a ripple effect grow. And so uh, just believing that what you have is worth and, and uh, is worth serving other people. If you really think it will be of service to other people, I think that's rule of thumb. If you can help people, you should absolutely talk about it and be sharing. I agree. I think that the being of service is a really um, key part of it. And I, you know, I've, probably have a ton to learn on this, but, you know, I, I do find that my work feels more gratifying too, when I'm coming at it from a point of service and trying to offer whatever it is, because you can, you know, get online and post pretty pictures or do something that it sometimes feels a little like hollow and pointless, unless you're, you know, an interior designer or a model or something. And then visuals are your, you know, that's your bag. Um, I want to ask you this, is Instagram still the social media, um, channel that we should be uh, focusing on the most because we're hearing a lot of talk about TikTok lately and that being also worth people's time. Yeah. I think it depends on your audience. I mean, where your audience lives is where you should live. Mm -hmm. If your audience is in Facebook groups, live in Facebook groups. If they're on Instagram, live on Instagram. If they're really, if they're millennials and whatever generation comes after millennial or yeah, after millennials. I think it's Gen Z, right? Yeah. Yes. Gen Z. Yes. Yeah. Gen okay. Z. Um, TikTok. I mean, a lot. I wouldn't say a ton of my audience is on TikTok, um, but I'm still po- actually. I'm not posting there. I just joined and posted my first video last week on day one of quarantine. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, it is. A, I have to say, it's a really fun app. The only thing that's scaring me away is that someone telling me that the Chinese government is taking all of my information. And then I was like, hmm. But other than that, I mean, and I do, you know, the yeah. editing capabilities in the app are actually really good. So I was like, huh, I could, I could get I could into get it. it. It's pretty cool. It made me feel a little old trying to figure out how to do <laughs> and I'm pretty tech savvy, but, um, it's, it, it is fun. It's, it definitely has the addictive factor. I think that we're going to see more people using it. Uh, it's easy to consume and it's funny. I think what I like about it is that it's lighthearted. Most of it is lighthearted. And so, um, I think it doesn't hurt to post on there, but I would say if you're, if your audience is teaching people, I don't know. I was just watching like sourdough bread. I guess you could do TikTok for sourdough bread, like get people interested in making sourdough bread on TikTok. 
I think it's just a way of repurposing content. You know, I posted my TikTok video and then I immediately posted it to my Instagram stories. So really mm-hmm. I made it for my Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. But if if your audience isn't there, however, I would be there and I would yeah. start observing. Just like, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is a huge, you know, online marketing, marketing just in general. And he is all about new, new platforms and TikTok. Granted, he's invested in TikTok. So you've got, he's got some bias there. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can repurpose stuff, like if you're already posting YouTube videos, do a mashup and post it on TikTok. Right. That's exactly why I'm recording this podcast sister. I was like, well, might as well get some video. I was, we were joking before I hit record. I literally sat down. I was in the pool and just like slapped some concealer on and and some blush and mascara because I do think that's the, why not, why not maximize the workflow and the work stream? I, I think like a content creator or someone in our position can easily feel frustrated because you feel like you're doing so much and getting so little in return in the, whether it's financially or in followers. But um, I have personally found the most gratification when I take one great, for example, great interview that I've done and found different outlets to put it on, pulled quotes from it. I mean, there are ways to maximize what you're putting out there, but I think it does take a lot of trial and error because I was doing so much for so long and, and felt like I was still falling behind, but I mean, it's overwhelming. How, it's overwhelming. Like, t- tell me about workflows, and especially when we're dealing with people who are editorial in their content, or bloggers, or someone who is sort of their own brand. How do you how do you even begin advising them about how to set up an editorial calendar, or how to get content yeah. out? Like, where do you even start? Yeah, this is hard. I mean, and it's something that I've struggled with too. It's you do have to be thoughtful about it and choose where you're going to be posting because. You can't do it all just by the nature of it, unless you have a team of people behind you, which most early in their entrepreneurial journey don't have teams. I, I don't, I have a small team of contractors. Um, you know, you can't do it all. So what I would start, what I would do is think about the path that your customers are going to take your, your ideal client is going to take to become a customer or a client. So your customer journey, and this is trial and error. So it's not, it's, you don't, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be right the first time. And you have to be willing to test it over and over to see if it, and and then pivot it if it's not working. So, um, if you can do just a very simple content map of like how people are moving in your funnel and how people are moving in your customer journey and figuring out how they're moving from your Instagram to your podcast, to back to your Instagram, to your email newsletter, and then they're buying through email or they're buying from your Instagram stories, like tracking stuff for my audience is my Instagram, mainly my Instagram stories, and then my podcast. Um, And I'm kind of going all in on that right now and not worrying about the rest because it's too much. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast too. You have had um, some really great guests on and I want to know, like, you know, tell everybody what they're going to get when they tune in. Yeah. So it's, it's called Real Talk with Biz Moms. Um, we rebranded earlier this year. Last year it was, can I take you to coffee? And we hit new and noteworthy almost a year ago, which was really exciting. Um, and so last year I did a lot of solo episodes and interviews, one-on-one interviews. And this year I decided to try something different that I hadn't really seen called um, roundtable display. I'm calling them roundtable talks, just a roundtable of three other biz moms plus myself talking about a specific topic and just having some real conversation. That's why when you asked me 
my whole brand is being real. So when you asked me if I was okay with doing a video, I'm like, I did put on eyebrows, my hair is greasy and I put on a little bit of makeup, but I have nothing on my eyes. So that's why I look like this right now. Yes. I'm wearing yoga pants. Like you look good. Real. <laughs> oh, I, I get sprayed it. my hair pink and these are my real roots. Um, oh showing. Gosh. So that's funny. We just had real conversation. Like I was just, we're an information overload. Yeah, right we now. are. We just, are just as an industry. It's information overload. Like, and, and I just, didn't want to contribute to the noise anymore. And I wanted to start having real conversations with women who were finding challenges and needed to feel less alone in it. And so these conversations are awesome. Um, I had over a hundred applications of women who wanted to be on the podcast when I first just launched the idea out to a couple of Facebook groups, um, which was incredible. So recently started releasing someone on this that I recorded last fall that are really awesome too. I, one-on-one interviews are so much fun because you get to deep dive into specific mm-hmm. topics, but yeah. Yeah. I, I really, as a consumer, I definitely am drawn to that. And I think I've had um, this conversation in my head so many times about as far as when I'm pursuing, you know, what I want to offer, who it is I want to be online. I, 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 I think you end up going toward what you consume and I'm always following people or interacting with people whose content is more a spur of the moment and real and less aspirational, less, which is, I think that's great. I think there's a place for that. I love following certain accounts that, um, you know, have tips on, uh, I don't know, like a great recipe, never yeah. going to do it probably, but I like to see it. <laughs> you know, I like following these gorgeous models, not a model, but I like to look at pretty people, but, um, but I, I, I think that's a really good tip. Like you said, just like start to see what it is that you're like kind of drawn to. And you said, I was benefiting the most from real conversations. And I love that. I, I listened to several episodes of your podcast and you get the feeling that you know you, which is, I think, you know, an immediate way to connect with people. Um, let's talk about podcasts. The world of yeah. audio is just so saturated lately. And I think there are a lot of people who are considering getting into podcasting either to bolster a current business or just because they have something to say, um, what advice do you have for them? Is it too saturated of a market? And like, how do you stand out? Like, cause new and noteworthy, I don't know how someone gets on there, but the, that page for podcasts, but that's yeah. amazing. And that's was probably a huge boost. Oh yeah. I like totally cry. I ugly cried on my Instagram. It was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. That is so cool. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, and it, and it, and it got me a ton of new people listening to the podcast, which was great. And I don't know that there's a formula. I, I have no idea how I got on there. I just told a ton of people and asked people to listen and just give a review. And, and that's what happened. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I go back and forth with, with this myself and I really don't follow along with podcast statistics at all. Mm-hmm. Um, again, cause I think it's tailored to, it has to be tailored to who your audience is. Like right. busy moms are in pickup lines and, you know, taking their kids to wherever play date and they're, they're driving a lot. Um, and so, and doing dishes and folding laundry. And I knew that they're, they need audio to, to consume. They're not reading long blog posts. So I think if your audience is more I think a lot of audiences are listening right now Uh, and it's how people find you. So that's where your marketing comes in. Just starting a podcast isn't good enough. Like there's people aren't going to find you. Right. There's too much on there. Yeah. It's crazy because, um, you know, I come from a news background and I'm, I'm used to like this part of it, like the talking part. I can talk for days. I can do a thousand interviews and really find it 
find it interesting the whole way, but the marketing part is difficult for yeah. me personally. And I know a lot of other people who find that they're interested in a topic per se, but they're really having trouble, um, you know, telling people that they do it and, and promoting it and putting it out there, but you kind of have to, right? Like you said, you just told friends, you asked people in your network to support you. It's an uncomfortable conversation, but I think if you're trying to like make headway in this field, you do have to kind of put your, you know, pride Back aside out. and just, yeah, yeah. And just be like, listen, I mean, can you, can you well, leave a rating and review? Can you listen something? Yeah. And, and I, if you're providing value, like if you're starting mm-hmm. a podcast to provide value, like show people the value. So give them snippets of the value that they'll get from listening. I can't stand it when I listen to a podcast for, I, it's an hour long podcast. And the first 15 minutes are like rambling on about nothing. Like, mm-hmm. no, come on. Like, I don't have time to waste. Like mm-hmm. you got to give me something. Mm-hmm. I want it to be jam packed with value. And so if you're bringing that to your podcast, promote the heck out of that. Like give them the snippets, like show people, show people the bullet points, like email your people or post on your personal Facebook that like, I got to learn about how to do this and how to do this and how to do this from this person. If you want to listen to more and how we figured out like, or how we learned how to do this, listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, if you're bringing value, there's no, you know, go for it but you got to, you got to talk about it. You got to do more than just record the episode. You got to talk about it to other people and tell people about it. Right. I don't, I had so, even though my, my podcast last year, can I take you to coffee wasn't branded towards mom entrepreneurs, but I tried to kind of make it about mom entrepreneurs. I had so many dudes listening and I was like, specifically in the intro said, this show is for mom entrepreneurs. Didn't matter. <laughs> like had a bunch of dudes listening to it and you know, and that's great. Um, because they were obviously finding value from it. So that's awesome. Providing value. That's all that matters. That's awesome. I I mean, I think that's the pleasant surprise of like being in this world. Sometimes you don't know who it is that you're helping or impacting, but I think that's amazing. Who was your favorite podcast guest so far? Oh man. Oh, that's really, (laughs) that's really hard. Um, I don't know. It's just so fun. I just, I love deep diving into what other people do. I love it. I love hearing about how, how their business works and how they got into it and their passion behind it and, and the success that they've seen in their business and, um, being able to pull the value out of them is super fun. I mean, you know, that as Mm -hmm. you know, with your background, um, it's, it's the fun part of it. So I don't know that I have a favorite. My memory is so terrible as a mom. So (laughs) personally impactful for my life to have these conversations around the real challenges that I face as a mom and a business owner, um, to see that other women are having from all different areas of the world, even Canada, like, you know, can't or all over the country and including Canada, you know, they're, everyone is struggling with specific things from mom guilt to hiring, to, uh, the food they're eating to, you know, it's like, it's so the balance, the self-care, self-worth, building your confidence. Like these are all topics that we've talked about. And what's mm-hmm. super interesting is they all enter, like they all weave together. Mm-hmm. So even though we're focusing on one, one particular topic, we inevitably end up talking about a bunch of other ones mm-hmm. that we've already covered because they just feed into each other. So just being able to have the conversations is reassuring and therapeutic and, and makes you feel a little bit better. 
Absolutely. Tell us, I know this is a very strange time, so these don't necessarily have to be applicable <laughs> for the moment when we're all in lockdown, but tell us just a few either tools or tricks that you use to be productive at home. I know some people like do time blocking and they have their little Pomodoro thing, <laughs> like anything, any hack that you can give us if we're trying to be more productive while working from home. Yeah. I love this question. Um, I've done it all. I feel like <laughs> I've done it all. And then I changed it out. So right now what is, well, okay. Pre quarantine when my kids were in school is, uh, time blocking. I went back to time blocking. I thought I hated it, which I did, but I was scheduling <laughs> it in my, <laughs> scheduling it in my which calendar, <laughs> scheduling it in my calendar. And I felt like if I don't finish this by lunchtime, I'm not going to eat lunch. Like, right. you know, it was too rigid for me. Um, and so, so I ditched that and I started just doing, um, you know, just doing Pomodoro and, and what I would recommend if you're doing Pomodoro and you don't want to time block, you should try time, try time tracking with toggle. So track your time. They have a Pomodoro timer in toggle. You can put it right in as a Chrome extension and it's an easy way to see if you're wasting time on things but it also keeps you accountable for keeping on task. So Tell everybody who might not know what Pomodoro is too, just like a brief description sure. and then what toggle is. I know it's like an extension that you would say you download for the Chrome web browser app, but like, yeah. and how does that exactly work? Does it like pop on the screen and be like, stop emailing people? <laughs> stop yeah. 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 No. So it's not like that, which I have downloaded one of those and I haven't been able to use it because I don't want that much yeah, yeah. lockdown on my screen. Right, right. Um, so toggle is just a separate tool, like web tool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's T-O-G-G-L.com. Okay. okay. Um, and you basically set up things that like projects that you work on and you can install it into your Chrome browser and you just press the start button and it starts the timer and you can categorize what you use that time on. So hmm. with the Pomodoro timer integrated into it, which they have as an option, which I use, um, you, it's a timer for 25 minutes hmm. and you work for 25 minutes on that project or topic. Um, and when you're done, you stop it or you work until the 25 minutes is up and then you take a five minute break and then you do like however many you want, like two to four of those. And then you take a longer break. So I just depends on my day, but I usually go between. I need to look into that. I, I think you're right. Like time blocking can feel like, Oh my God, I don't have time to time block. But when I do utilize some of those, just like, I like mental barriers. Like I force myself to be done with something at a certain mm -hmm. time. I do end up being more productive. What about, um, like supplements apps? I mean, anything that helps you stay energized or just get through the day, anything specific that you know, people can maybe try like, for example, I'm like big into certain nighttime supplements so I can sleep like magnesium gets me to sleep so that I can be productive the next day. But yeah. you know, anything you take or love? Yeah. So, um, I don't take anything at night. Um, I probably should, but I've been sleeping. Okay. I've been taking a glass of wine. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I do use this, uh, sleep cycle app. Haven't been using it since on quarantine, but regular life. This it's called sleep cycle and it sets a timer for when you want to wake up. So an alarm clock, but it, it, you set it within a time frame, a 30 minute time frame, And it actually listens to you while you sleep. So it records my husband snoring all night long. 
because it thinks it's That's me. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, but it it wakes me it wakes me up based on like when it hears my natural like wake time. So if it hears me stirring or you know rolling over and I don't know I don't actually know how it listens to me like what tr- what triggers it to wake me up. But if I set it between five and five thirty and it listens to me within that time frame and and wakes me up accordingly and then it wakes me up at five thirty no matter what. So, um, I like that cause it's a, can be a, a more subtle way instead of a, you know, blaring alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a more subtle sound to ease you into waking up. Um, I, the first thing I do is I journal and I meditate. I try to drink 24 ounces of water in the morning before I have any coffee. And then I, uh, usually my kids are waking up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I give you credit for getting up before them. I pre quarantine Sunny was on her shit. Oh, I don't quarantine Sunny is like, well, I mean, I was like on my shit, maybe like twice a week, but now I'm like fully sleeping in till like, I'm like, whoever's the last one to wake me up. You get to the honor of rolling me out of bed. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you this before we go, because as a fellow, like uniquely named person, your name Mm. Majesta is beautiful. And I have to hear the backstory on it before we go. Yeah. It's, I hate to let you down. My mom's an insurance agent. She's not a hippie. She, just, <laughs> she found my name in a name book. And oh. um, it means something about a Roman goddess of the month of May. It was like, oh. th- that's the only thing I really know about it. Um, and I was born in May. So very cool. She had another name. My dad didn't like it. So they picked this one. Did you, um, you don't have to tell your kids names if you don't reveal that on your own channels, but can you just generally say if, because you had a unique name, you like went in that direction with your kids too, or did you go in the opposite direction? Because if you're anything like me, I was teased like mercilessly. I always say I was a weird named person before it was cool to have a weird name. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I I wondered if, you know, you wanted a unique name for your kids because you have that experience too. Yeah. I feel like mine, I I don't know. I guess it depends on the person, but I, I, ne- I never got teased for my name. I've always loved my name. Um, it's beautiful. It, yes. Thank you. It, it, it's shocking to me when people are like, oh, what? Really? Your name is that? You know, like, I'm like, what? Is your name? No, I'm not. I won't say any names, but you know, there's, it's not generic. That's for sure. Right. Um, I, I went in the direction of, I wanted my kids' names to be more, I wanted them to be unique, but normal. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't want them to be like rainbow, right? you know? Um, but I wanted it. Yeah. So I, I don't mind saying it. Scarlett is our daughter, which is totally more mainstream now. Um, and she's four. And then our son Asher is two. Very nice. Yeah. I just like to ask that. I feel like, um, people with unique names have like distinct experiences growing up. And I just laugh now that everybody's like, well, I just want my kid's name to be really like different. I'm like, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> I know it's, it was a struggle. Scarlett's name was hard for us. Um, yeah. Asher was a lot easier. I, I, I love both their names, but I yeah. love that. I love that's Asher's name. So cute. Oh, uh, you, yeah. That's yeah. exciting. I, yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know. You're doing a great job of Thanks. from all of the stuff that I've all the content of yours that I've consumed and listened to leading up to this interview. I mean, you. you're killing it. And I really do appreciate you taking time in an otherwise really bonkers moment to yeah. like sit down and let me pick your brain. And when this is like 
all said and done, I hope that, you know, people can find you and kickstart the business that they've been dreaming of doing. I want you to tell us exactly where we can find you and any like big special projects that are coming up that we need to keep an eye out for. Yeah. So it's just Majesta Patterson, um, on Instagram and majestapatterson.com. Luckily all the username, most of the time are, you know, I'm are available because of my name. So <laughs> love it. I love it. That's great. Awesome. And then I also have the biz mom collective, which is the membership that I've referenced, uh, launching hopefully in April. Great. All right. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for it, Majesta. Thank you so yeah, much for letting thank me pick you your for brain. having me. Stay awesome. sane and and healthy out there in California. Yeah, yeah, sane and safe, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, girl. All right, bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Thirty Something, and thank you to Majesta. Um, those are really great and very practical tips and takeaways for people who are trying to build their business in this crazy time. So I'm really grateful that she shared all of her advice with us. As you heard her mention, you can follow her on Instagram at Majesta Patterson. Check out her podcast. It's called Real Talk with Biz Moms, wherever you get your shows. And her blog is MajestaPatterson.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Sunny Nevada. I am there daily. And um, I am so grateful that you listened to today's episode. Hey, listen. If you have a second, this is actually really, really great and would be incredibly helpful. If you guys want to just hop on over to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a rating and review, that is actually huge and would help to get these shows out to people who find them interesting or useful or helpful. And it would just put a giant smile on my face. Um, I'd be so grateful. Thank you guys very much for spending some time with me. I will be back next week, still working very hard to drag Andrew on for an episode. The problem is we get the kids down to bed and we literally just pass out. So, um, some late night coffee is in order because we got to record a catch up podcast to let you know what's going on here. But anyhow, I'm grateful for you listening. Check out more daily beauty talk and just stories about motherhood on sunny.me. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to 30 something. Have a good one. (laughs) 